Um, do some. Keep going now. Blank screen, just an arrow. Hi, good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to my another Tuesday night's thoughts and talk with Coach Wendy Hazel. I am Coach Wendy Hazel. Um, let me just one second. Is that the one? It's gonna be further down. Have we that showing just an arrow? Okay. Gotta go without this. Hi guys, welcome, welcome, come on in while I get this all set up. Okay, good evening to another Tuesday night's thoughts and talk when things were set up and went all off tracks once I got started. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Coach Wendy Hazel and um, I, I'm a certified life transformation coach, and I coach women in who's really dealing with difficult, emotional, abusive relationships. And I trust I, every Tuesday night I come on here and I share um, knowledge and thoughts I have and things I learned. Right. So um, tonight I say I'm going to be talking about things I learned about narcissistic projection things I learned about narcissistic projection. In the previous weeks, I talked about um, um, other narcissistic terms. And so you wanna be following some of my Facebook lives or you wanna be going over to my YouTube channel, Coach Wendy Hazel, um, or you wanna, wherever you want, listen to your podcasts. Um, you wanna listen to podcasts on Anchor or Spotify and several others that they put out there for me, and just to hear and learn and be enlightened. My goal is to enlighten women, young girls, so that the next generation, the generations to come, 
do not be suffering in silence with emotional abusive relationships. Do not even get into them. Or when you do get in, you know, at the beginning, you can recognize and just hit the high road and run, run for the hills, okay? Run for the hills. So you'll avoid them, okay? Avoid them. And so I hope that if you've been following me, that you are learning, you're being enlightened, you're being set free, you are, um, you know, in, in, uh, enjoying some of your freedom um, and you're making better decisions for your life better decisions for your life, okay? Being in relationships that with a narcissistic person or an emotionally abusive person, it's very, very difficult, very difficult. And a lot of times we don't know, for lack of knowledge, we perish and we suffer in silence. And we don't know some of these things because we were just, we're not taught. We were not taught. These things have been around all the time. They're in the Bible. There are characters in the Bible who are like that. The Pharisees are like that. And um, one of the things we can do is that we can learn from how Jesus dealt with the Pharisees and the things he said about them because they had the same characteristics and behaviors, right? Same characteristics and behaviors. So um, I, I want to just, I, not I want to, I have been, I am overcome I've overcome emotional abusive relationship I've overcome other forms of abuse and as a Christian I am a Christian I'm a follower of Christ I love the Lord I'm not ashamed of the gospel you know if it was not for God I won't be here today um and so as a Christian who experienced this I have a different perspective than the world you know because one of the things is that women who are Christian women struggle with making decisions as to how to handle these situations, how to handle this. And there's, you know, things that are taught to you um, as a girl, as a woman, as a Christian, and to make you believe that you have to stay there, you have to suffer like that. Um, I know someone who literally told me, she said she believes that's God's assignment for her. That's her lot in life. That, and so she's just going to stay there and suffer. Okay. Um, that does not line up with the word of God that says the, you know, the God's plan for us is for good. You know, Jesus came um, so that we will have an abundant life. He gave his life for us. He died for us so that we can have life and have life more abundantly. Being in on the oppression, the Bible talks about oppressors. The Bible talks about persons with insolent pride, you know, which is at the base of narcissism. Um, and those, I don't see anywhere in the Bible, any scripture that says, that God says, this is my assignment for you. This is my lot in life for you. This is my desire, my plan, and my purpose for you to be under an oppressor. The children of Israel found themselves under oppressors, but God, they cried out and God heard their cry and delivered, Okay. So the Bible does not really teach that or push that, okay? And so, so welcome, welcome, welcome. I appreciate you for being here. Um, and tonight, this one is a, this is a big one. Now, projection is psychological. Projection, you want to understand projection. Understanding projection and how the narcissistic person uses projection can give you so much peace of, peace of mind and even freedom, 
right? And even freedom. And so just feel free to invite someone to hop on in and listen up tonight as I share what things I learn about narcissistic projection. Again, I share from personal experiences. I share from some of the things that, you know, examples I might give, maybe from a client who I coach and um, some things I've read and I, I learn, I just, you know, study this. Um, the scripture says what? In all you're getting, get understanding, right? Learn things and get an understanding of what's going on. Understand the times, understand the seasons, understand people. Okay. I say come. So, all righty. Good night. Good night. Now, I like to, and this is just too close. I can't shift this. Um, okay, I'm going to get there where I can see your comments. All right. It's behind this here. Okay. So, narcissistic projection. Have you ever dealt with someone who says something to you, like the person might have done something and however it turned out, that person flipped the script on you. The person flipped the script and what they are guilty of, the wrong they did, they're saying it was you. And you're like, huh? No, it was you. And then you hold your ground saying it was you, not me. And it escalates and get out of hand. Right? People who flip the script on you. And you clearly know. You know. You see. You heard. You have understanding. This It wasn't you. It is the other person who did it. But they flipped the script and said it was you. Accuse you falsely. Right? Of whatever it is. Or they... Sometimes it's not even simply doing something. It's your actual, your character. Your character, that person is saying what they are ascribing to you is what belongs to them. What belongs to them. And you know it. And it, persons who are in marriages and intimate relationships like that, you tend to just walk away, shrug it off, push it off. But after a time, it's difficult. It's difficult to be constantly having the script flipped on you. It's hurtful, it's painful, it's confusing. Um, I get persons asking me um, questions like, I don't understand, how can they hurt me like this? Why, why do they keep hurting me? Why does this person keep doing these things to hurt me? Why do they lie like that? If you're dealing with a narcissistic person, expect lies and the pathological kind, pathological lies are lies that you really have no reason to lie. It's not like if your life is on the line or you, you know, you want to save your life that you tell a lie to save your life. Lies, which, and I'm going to, as I explain, you're going to see what we call lies is so much the norm when you're living and existing with somebody like that. Now, when I share, it's not just intimate relationships, right? It can be parents are like that. Children are like that. Adult children are like that co-workers are like that, bosses, managers, right? So you find them in the workplace, you find them in family, you have a family member like that, right? So it's important to understand where this person's coming from, what's really going on. And so I want to share this definition that I found. And it says, and it says psychological projection is a theory in psychology in which humans defend themselves against their own unconscious impulses or qualities, positive or negative, by denying the existence of these qualities in themselves 
at this while at the same time attributing it to others. For example, a person who is habitually rude may constantly accuse other people of being rude. And so it's it in there is built in blame shifting. You might have heard me talk about blame shifting before. They just shift the blame. What they're doing, they accuse you of doing that. Okay. Um, and so simply put, it's like this person just projects their own feelings, their own actions, their traits onto somebody else. And so the image I have and I want to share with you is that of a projector and projection projector. You know, the projector where you would show a movie or a film or something, you will have a machine at the back spinning with whatever is recorded on that, if it's a tape or whatever. But when you look at the pictures on that tape, it's kind of small, but it's playing there at the back of the room, for example. But then there's a screen or the wall, there has to be something that when you turn on, the small images from behind the scenes get projected huge and blown up on that wall or that screen. So just think of a projector. Just think of a movie. You're watching a movie on the wall, okay? But the source of the images, the source of the pictures, the stories, the behaviors, it's inside of this person. So if you're dealing with a narcissistic person, it's, it's inside of them these behaviors and these things that they'll be accusing persons of. So as they, what, what you find happens is for the narcissist dealing with their own faults and failures and weaknesses that they perceive, you know, on the inside of them. And these things go back, I always say to childhood, childhood trauma, childhood experiences, right? Dealing with who they truly, that person truly is, is difficult for the narcissist. Because remember, they they create a persona, they create a false self and a false image that they present to the world. So what the world sees and the thing that the, per the world knows, the church or the workplace or you know, other you know, people who are not living in the house with them, what they see, they, they, the narcissist has created that and has been presenting that. And that's what they want people to believe that they're this good person good and perfect. Pharisees, good and perfect, well-dressed, presented. So the real person behind the scenes that is not, did not get a chance to develop and correct their ways and mature in certain ways because they keep pushing this false self, that is unpleasant to them because it's full of flaws and immaturity and insecurity and fears and childishness behaviors and so it doesn't get a chance to mature and they know it and so it's they don't want to deal with that to turn on the inside and see this is me and so what do they do they project it on a screen they project it it's easier for them to deal with it outside of themselves externally and in projecting it you who's closest to them becomes a screen or the wall it gets projected onto right so then they project it onto you they look at you and they're seeing that so they're cheating right for example they're cheating or they lied about something they know it they know on the inside right 
then that's a big flaw. I cannot show up imperfect. I cannot show up my flaws. So I'm not going to show you what I do. I project it onto you. And then I accuse you, you are a cheat. I know you're cheating on me. Why you like to lie like that? You lie, you always lying. And you left like if a truck hit you because you know you're not cheating. You know you're not lying. But the truth is the narcissist, he's the one or she's the one who's doing it. But they can't deal with their own flaws. And so it gets projected onto others. So as you listen to them talk, if you don't know, you, you don't understand what's going on here, you are thinking that this is true. You're thinking this is true. And especially if this is in the church world, the person is, is you know, supposed to be a believer or a, a leader or whoever, you expect truth, right? And so you're taking what they're saying as a truth, then you're trying to process it and it doesn't make sense. And so it makes you feel, send you crazy, crazy making. It sends you crazy, there's frustration. And then you go into, I probably can touch it, I'm probably ahead of myself. And then when this comes, you go into trying to defend yourself and explain yourself. And that's the game to get you. From the time you jump up and say, but I am not cheating, I never did. From the time you start to defend yourself, that narcissist takes it and say that's validation that you are admitting. And no matter what, if you've experienced a person like that, no matter what you say, they don't back down from that story. And then they'll start to tell other people. And you're left there almost feeling powerless. And, and how do you defend yourself? How, you know, what do you say? Because this person is so convincing. All right. Now we project, all of us project at some time or the other. If you think about projection, we do project on other people sometimes. So for example, you come in and somebody's not happy or they're dumb or what if you keep smiling and you keep doing things. So you're trying to change their mood. You're trying to manipulate their mood. That's projection. So you take your happiness and you're trying to put it on them. That's projection. And when you think about it, when we're doing it, we have good intentions, but if that person's not feeling happy in the moment, so for example, I was somewhere and um, this person, her husband, no, her husband or her child had died just a couple of weeks before, but she showed up for the event, but she was sad. She didn't want to be in the group picture. She was, and persons were pulling her, come on, man, you gotta, you gotta be here. You gotta be here. We've got to check in with people's real emotions and not be projecting ours onto them. Whether the narcissist do it or we do it or whatever, it's still manipulation of somebody else's emotion without really considering. Yes, we want people to be happy, but somebody who's somebody as close as I think it's a son, the child. Yes, her child, um, who I think was like 12 or something, had committed suicide a couple, two, a month or something before right? Don't, don't push it. <laughs> you know, don't push it. Let's get sensitive in that, that area. So we all do it in a way. We will have good intentions. When the narcissist does it, it's not good intentions, not good intentions. Okay. So it's manipulation, whether we want to, you know, somebody to be happier. So, so let's be sensitive to that. Um, I know someone who laughs a lot and when, uh, if like in a conversation, things get uncomfortable, or if I ask a question that's penetrating to get to that person in a personal way, 
they'll be laughing and laughing loud and looking at me to join in the laughter. And I feel manipulated. I do feel it. I don't feel it because I remember times when I first knew the person, I would laugh along because I thought, okay, that's a polite thing to do. But then I feel so wrong on the inside. I feel so wrong afterwards. But after a time, I realized, no, you were doing this laughter and you're hiding something about yourself. And then you manipulate to drag me into the laughter. And then we, and so I stopped laughing. When the laugh is not a joke, I just calmly look at the person, okay? And I consider discomfort, but I'm not, you're not gonna, manip I, I, I set that boundary with that person. I would not be manipulated into that, that game you're playing to hide who, uh, what's going on with you, okay? All right, so, so um, the projection is all about projecting false failures and blame onto others. The narcissistic person does not, they cannot accept responsibility for their wrongs. So one of the things you'll hear me say that over and over, you won't get them apologizing or saying sorry. They don't because if they are to apologize or say sorry for something is to admit to fault or error or wrongdoing, which they cannot because my persona, I'm perfect. The persona I put out there, people must know me as perfect, good and perfect. And so if I admit to a wrong, it, it, it kind of stains my persona and my image. And so they don't. So rather than admit to that wrong, they will turn things around and um, turn things around and, and blame somebody, blame you for causing them to do something or blame you for something that happened, but not accepting that, right? And so that is why. So if you understand projection, when you are, if you are living with someone like that or you're experiencing that, they're saying things recognize this is not me you know the truth you know the truth stand in your truth i like to tell women that you know the truth stand in your truth if you know the truth god holds you responsible responsible for acting based on that truth right acting based on that truth but the narcissist will try to flip our minds around and, and having us denying ourselves. So don't do that, right? And so as they project and they project the blame onto the other person, the game is to make that other person the victim. The narcissist feel they know they're wronged. So they feel like a victim, okay? So you may correct them quietly, privately, nobody else hears, or you call them out on something they do privately, even though nobody else hears. And you mean well, you become an enemy because they are made to feel like a victim. You're talking about a fault and a thing that is staining that image, right? And so they'll come after you, okay? So in projection, if they lie, you are the liar. If they behave childish, you are the one who's immature, you know? So if you say, that is why you're so childish, why this childish behavior? I'm not childish. You're the one. You're too immature. And it's flipped right away onto you, right? If they insult you, they'll turn around and say, you're critical, you're disrespectful. And you find um, the narcissist person use that word, you hear that word a lot, disrespect. Who don't respect them and who disrespected them? And when you look at the situation, you don't see any disrespect. But it's all about what's going on inside of them, right? 
or they tell you you're too in insecure or all kinds of things they find to say, okay? Um, they'll attack your character. They'll um, accuse you of stuff. Things get escalated. Like, you know, you may, something may have happened and you, the meal is late. You didn't get to finish the meal on time or whatever. That can escalate into all kinds of attack on your character of who you are, being a bad parent, and then they'll go and take revenge and things like that, okay? Um, if they get somebody to listen to them complaining about and talking about these things that they're projecting onto you, and that's the, that's the, that could be the, one of the hurtful things is that people close to you, if the NAR gets a hold of them and start telling them things about you, that person is clueless as projection going on. And so that person is left to believe. Now, who do they believe? And if you're not saying anything, and I encourage you, don't even get in, don't even get into that dirty game. Let people believe what they want to believe. If you're their believers, just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to just reveal truth to them. Okay, reveal truth to them. So, you know, they will go and they, they that projection of themselves unto you, they take that now and go start telling people that that is who you are and what you did. And if the person is kind of like not getting it, they will even make up stories, make up a lie to beef up and thing up that story. Because I tell you what, you know, as a priority for that narcissistic person is the, the listener's perception, how this other person is seeing them. That takes priority over telling the truth. That takes priority over telling the truth. So if these, you say, okay, a counselor comes in or somebody come mediator or whatever, that narcissistic person, the game and the energy is to project stuff, what uh, uh, paint this other person with a the projection they put. But if that mediator or says a counselor or whatever is not buying it, they start to project all these things and attack the character of the counselor. Because it's not about you, it's about them. They want, everybody must believe. This person must believe I am the good and the right one. She is wrong and evil. You see that protection? And they'll tell persons that you're evil. I've heard it said openly being told that I'm evil, I'm, I'm, I'm evil, I'm Jezebel, I am all kinds of stuff. Don't get into that dirty game, defending yourself or explaining anything leave it god is able to let the truth come forward to those persons if they choose to seek the truth and if not you really don't have time don't 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 get into that game right so you have stuff like that so when the narc finds somebody who will listen to them and listen to their their projected their projected stories and listen to them um Staining your, your your name and listening to them on this smear campaign. So, like, if you try dare to, you know, say something, something of correction, or really call them out on something that they didn't do well or right or whatever, they'll go on a smear campaign to destroy your character. Because one of the things they are afraid that somehow the word will get out that they're the ones. They're always afraid that they'll be found out. Always afraid they'll be found out, and so they'll jump ahead and do that attack and do that smearing and do that destroying of character um, out of fear, really, okay? 
So here the game is, remember the game is to deny their wrongdoing, take no blame for their wrongdoing, project it, how they're feeling about their wrongdoing onto somebody else, onto the other person, and you who are closest, the closest person would really get it, okay? Um, project it onto them, then blame the other person, make that story true, then confuse the person and the person is left hurt. That's a game, that's a game. Deny the wrongdoing, take no blame for it, project it onto you, blame you, confuse you, you're hurt, that's it, the game is over. Once that's accomplished, that somebody else believes their story, somebody else <laughs> sees them as the good one and you are the victim, once the, flip, the, script is, the script is flipped and you now become the victim, the game is over. And so I get the question, person say, this person did this and they said this and it was so hurtful and all that they did. And then next moment it's as if nothing ever happened. Or next morning it's like nothing ever happened. Or by the time it's time to go to bed, it's like nothing ever happened. And I'm still confused and hurt. And then the person is going to throw scripture and say, don't go to bed with anger. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. You get spiritual abuse now. So scripture being flipped on you with that. And you have to um, deal with that. You see how it goes? But the reason why this person can go back to NAR because they have achieved their objective. Once persons are not, once they think persons are not believing them or they're not seen as the wrongdoer in any way, that's the game. They don't care if you are hurting. They don't care. That doesn't matter to them. They don't care if they're not speaking the truth. And I'm saying this because I do speak to Christians. These persons are in the church. These persons are in the church. There will be something. They'll come to the board meeting. They'll come before the board, whatever. And it's lies. It's not the truth. But what we will be calling lies, this person's focus and energy is just to not be seen as the one who did wrong because this image of perfection has to be there. So truth goes, truth is not priority. Speaking the truth is not priority, okay? And that's so common with them. That's life with them, that's life with them, okay? All right, now children, I want to mention about children because you see this play out with children. When they're children, you will find that the narcissistic parent has a golden child. If you're in a family like that, you know what I'm talking about. There's a golden child. That's a child that they will put up, praise up. That's the best child. This might be the child who would listen, would not maybe not say anything. It's probably quieter or something like that. This is a child who they admire. And because this child is doing well, they align, this is the golden child, because again, image and what people think. And the other child who's different and doesn't align becomes scapegoat. And they will treat, and you'll see, I'm not, their narcissistic parents don't, don't hide it. I mean, for us as parents, you'll feel, I would feel um, uncomfortable and guilty if I'm treating one child better than the other, even though children may perceive so, and they may think so. 
but where on the inside you're doing it, you really don't feel good. But for them, that's okay because it's again, it's just attached to them, right? To them, image and all that. And that scapegoat child gets treated badly, may get less, maybe given more work to do, maybe call out, you know, stuff like that. So watch out for that when, um, when, when you have um, narcissistic persons going around, you look at you know, a, a child. So sometimes a child may come if you're dealing with youths or so, um, and you know, it, and a, a child is saying some things. Please listen, listen and believe. Okay, if you don't have enough um, facts to know, and you're not sure who to believe because you're hearing different things, leave the the ish, the acts what was done and deal with the child's emotions and feelings see how you can help that child to feel differently because that's where the damage is happening in the soul because these people are soul destroyers a narcissistic person destroys another human being's soul your soul is where your feelings your emotions are okay they destroy the souls of people okay now, at the bottom of this all, I have to bring this back around here, the root, because person may ask, well, how did this happen and why? And, you, and it's really difficult to understand, okay? It's the spirit of pride, deception, hypocrisy. Read back what Jesus, how Jesus dealt with the Pharisees and what he said about them. He was so frustrated with them. He called them hypocrites over and over and over. Hypocrites, right? Because you whitewash sepulchers. A sepulcher is a, is a tomb where you put dead. He said you whitewash, white and pretty on the outside, dead man's bones on the inside. He talked to them, you know, it's frustrated them with the judgment. You're judging others, right? You know, you're pointing, you know, we have to think you point one finger at somebody and several fingers point back to us. We all have a judge and fall into it. But let's pray that the Holy Spirit will make us conscious and aware and we apologize if we have to we say sorry we pray about it and ask god to help us not to do it we do it right we do it we criticize and judge but for the narcissistic person that judgment is all on somebody else all on somebody else they have no you know no flaws or faults so read through and see how jesus dealt with the pharisees and i'll give you an idea as to what god thinks about them I know persons, I've heard this question over and over. Um, <laughs> can this person be saved? Can this person be a Christian? You know, if they're lying, they're doing this, they're hurting people, you know? And some of the, the pain and the hurt is happening just in the home with the wife, the spouse, and the children. The people in the church and the people at work are treated differently because it's all about maintaining that image. And so the question is, can this person be saved? Can this person change? Can I hear that question all the time, all the time. And I just point people back to how Jesus said, dealt with the Pharisees and what Paul told Timothy in, I think is first uh, Timothy chapter two or second Timothy chapter two, right? He listed out and he said, have nothing to do with these kinds of people. My thing is you just hand them over to God, let God work with them. That is, there's some spirits operating there that God has to do. Okay. God has to deliver them if they're allowed, if they allow God to. Because one of the things I, I say is the basis, the foundation of Christianity, the first step 
is admitting I'm a sinner. Admitting I'm a sinner and I have sinned. And then asking forgiveness. So if you're not doing anything wrong, never your fault, never admitting to wrongdoing, you never apologizing, you're never repenting of any wrong. How are you getting on this Christian journey? How are you getting on this Christian journey? And so there's some questions there, but that's my position. The foundation of Christianity is admitting sin and repentance. And that is something the narcissistic person does not do because they don't see the need to do it because, and so you see, you see how that spirit of pride, insolent pride and stuff is there. That's the foundation, that's what you're dealing with. And so because of that, you have the deception. Because of that, you have hypocrisy. Because of, you know, you see that? Because of that, they're going after the, the speck in somebody else's eye and there's a whole big boulder in their eye. That's what Jesus is addressing because those people are there, were there. But somehow we, I don't know why we don't, we don't translate it so easily into the people we meet every day and who we interact with, okay? So living with something like this, persons end up tired, frustrated with the lies, the false accusations. It's like if you're fighting a losing battle, you feel powerless, you feel helpless. And you get just tired of the bad treatment and the abuse. And so you get silenced sometimes. And in that silence and dumbing down, you're also silencing and dumbing down the gifts, the talents, and the calling God has on your life. And at the end of the day, you and I, we have to give account to God for the gifts he gave to us. The call he put on our lives. We have to answer God for that. So let's watch out that, you know, if you're allowing somebody to do that, okay? So I trust that by hearing about narcissistic projection, I was able to give you an understanding how projection works and you get to understand what's going on. Don't engage. Don't go explaining away any of the lies they put out there. Don't go defending yourself against what's projected because that is only what is projected onto you is what they think. There are different strategies I teach women as I coach women as to how to communicate, respond and stuff in these situations. One of them I'm going to share with you tonight is that that really has been helpful is like when this person projects something and says something about you, you're a bad parent, you're the worst parent ever or whatever. If you find you can't hold your tongue, all you can say is, is that what you think? Because that's all it is. That's all it is. Something in that person's mind. That's their thoughts. You know the truth. You know the truth, right? And you don't let somebody like that define you. They don't. Because inside of what, what's going on with inside of them, who they can define you, right? So that, that's something language you can use. As an example, I give you somebody says something, and they're bringing some, you recognize it's false accusation. This is not true. They're just throwing stuff out. And sometimes they throw this thing out just to trigger you so that they can make you into um, a victim, somebody who displays bad behavior or responds badly and say, yeah, look, 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 look how she behaves. They do that. 
to trigger that. And so when the attention is drawn onto your bad reaction, it's away, it's turned away from their wrongdoing. That's a game. It's a game. It's a game. Don't play the game. Okay. Don't play the game. Decide if you're not playing. So it, it, get those words, right? Is that what you think? Somebody says something you don't agree. Is that what you think? Let's say, well, you know, I have I have a different perspective. I that's not what I think. And we have a right to our own thoughts, right? But don't engage and go fighting and crying and begging and explaining and defending. It's a losing because it's going to happen over and over and over. And the more you go that route, is the more you're going to be wounded in your soul, right? The more you're going to be wounded in your soul because you're thinking you're going to please and you're going to calm the situation and stuff. No, that's not the game, okay? All right. So let me hop over and try to see the comments because I want to see the comments here. I sorry about that, folks. Usually I have operated two screens, but the other screen is not. So I'm going to hop right in here to see your comments and welcome you guys and see any questions you have. Oh, <laughs> I'm typing on the wrong keyboard. I have two keyboards in front of me. There we go. Okay. So I trust this was really, really helpful. I think today was the International Day of the Girl Child. Is that right? International Day of the Girl Child. Okay. Okay, I need to silence that. So, all righty. So, good night. Hi, Susan. She said she was not hearing me. I hope you did. Good evening. Good evening. Hi. Hi, Diana and Jeanette. Enjoy the sessions. Hi, Deborah. Let me just see. Projection and deflecting. Yeah. Hi. Pastor Crispon, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. And so I, um, I encourage you to just share, if you know someone who, you know, by understanding this, it can help to save their, their, um, their peace of mind, you know, and to help to get them out of that entanglement and that fight, that emotional, you know, like I always say, I don't tell anyone to leave their marriage, right? Or leave their job, but I encourage you to pray and let God direct you. You are a daughter of the King. God feels all of your emotions. He feels the pain, you know, his, and, and go re, if you read the scripture and pray the scripture, his purpose for you, his plan for you, let him reveal it and allow him to do it. And when he's leading, please follow. I know persons who, because of things that you've been taught in church that were really wrong, his doctrine is, doesn't come from the Bible. You're conflicted when you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit to go in a certain direction, but you're thinking what others will say or what the church will say or, you know, these kind of wrong teachings that you had. Okay, some wrong teachings. I'm not saying all churches, eh? not all churches, but some wrong teachings you had, or you might have had that teaching from your 
parents or grandparents, certain beliefs and family beliefs, you know, we got to, you know, check on those things. And so that we can be doing what God is calling us to do. I always encourage you, ladies, you know, do not try to walk this road with a narcissistic person alone where you just you're praying and you're fasting and you you alone hoping please check on yourself are you losing self are you losing your mind check on your body because the stress of it and the trauma of it it shows up in your physical being in your physical in your body comes up with all kinds of chronic ailments and other ailments that you cannot understand your hair is thinning out dropping out your skin is drying out things happen Things happen, your bowels, your stomach, your back, backache and things like that. Because all this trauma comes within your body, please don't try to walk this road alone. Reach out for help, okay? At the beginning, like I shared, I am a, a certified master life coach. I'm also trained in um, mental health um, for as a mental health first responder to recognize some mental health things and know how to refer if I can't handle it but I do neurotransformational coaching, which means we go down to that neurological level because things are trapped in our neural networks. Go into going back into the past, dealing with childhood, you know, um, trauma and, the, and the, the residue, I wanna say, was left over because of things that happened in childhood or other experiences along the way. How to unhook ourselves, untangle ourselves, our soul, our emotions from that. So we're free to really move into what God is calling us to, right? What God is calling us to. So please feel free to reach out. You can always DM me, send me a message. You can go to, um, I'm founder of Lifting Limiting Lids. And so I have a page, liftinglimitinglids.com where you can go and schedule some time to talk with me. That's like a kind of consultation. So I will know if I can help you, if we're a good fit to work together, okay? You would also talk about, or I also talk, see you may be a good fit for the, my group coaching program where I take ladies through, right? That's called Enlighten to Emerge, where we enlighten, we discover, um, we go through and we look at childhood trauma, and we also look at our own saboteurs and our own thoughts that get in the way of us really emerging into the daughter of the king and into the calling God has in our life. God has a calling on your life. There's a ministry you to do. For some, it's in the home. You might have heard if you come up in that kind of thing, it's say, oh, your, your ministry is the home and that's it. For some, yes, but for some, no. For some, it's other places. For some, is you know, in the marketplace. For some of us, is to be an advocate and a voice for captives, to setting captives free. Isaiah 61, right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, okay? To help set others free, to teach and to encourage. So do not be held back. Do not be held back, but allow God to work in your life and set you free. You deserve to live the life you desire because you know, you and I know when this is not the life for me, it has to be more. You know, you know when you're not happy, you know when things are not going right and you're praying, but are you hearing God? And when you hear, are you doubting him? Are you saying radical obedience to God? Like Esther in the book of Esther? Radical obedience. I'm going to do what I got to do. If I die, I die. You know? Okay. So God bless you. This is what I wanted to share with you tonight. Please, you can like it, 
share it with somebody and encourage somebody and save. This can save a woman's life because when we don't know, we react and in reacting, things can blow up and escalate. And then you have sad stories coming out of that. But when you learn not to react, but how to respond, then you might, you know, there's, there's, there's your life. You can have a better life. Okay. So that's it for tonight. Good night. Good night.